It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started today, obviously there's a lot going on in the world of sports uh, and it directly involved the Orlando Magic. Uh, Today's conversation, today's episode is not going to talk about basketball. If that doesn't interest you, you're free to move along. Um, As I've done in previous episodes uh, where we've talked about social issues because social issues in sports and particularly basketball are very intertwined. They've always been intertwined as much as we perhaps wanted to pretend that they are not. I'm going to do my best to provide my perspective. It is an imperfect perspective. I want to make that perfectly clear. It is an imperfect perspective because of who I am and my status and stature in society as a white male, or at least a, a white passing male, depending on uh, depending on how you want to define it. I will try to provide my perspective. I will try to provide my honest thoughts, and I know I will be imperfect. Where I am imperfect, where I am not quite hitting the mark, I want to learn and I want to be better. So as I've done, uh, every time I've had this conversation, I will try to add my perspective and my thoughts, try to be uh, open-minded and try to hit on, frankly, a topic that I can only learn about secondhand. So where I fall short, where I am not quite hitting the mark, where I'm not quite getting the lesson or the message that needs to be gotten, please let me know. And at least here, we can have the beginnings of an open and honest dialogue where we are trying to get better and we are trying to treat each other as equal. Whenever this topic does come up, it does, on occasion, lead to disagreements where perhaps there shouldn't be any. All I ask is that you be respectful and, of course, to the communities that are most directly affected by the topics that we are going to discuss on today's episode, that you listen to their perspective and at least acknowledge their feelings. That can be difficult sometimes for a lot of people. I don't know how what the best way is to handle our business here as well. Um, so again, if I am insensitive in any way, I apologize. If I am missing the mark, I apologize and want to learn more. With that, I'm going to roll the open. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is August 27th, 2020, the day after one of the most historic days in sports history. We're going to talk all about that from a whole bunch of different angles on today's episode of Locked on Magic. As I said at the beginning of the show, uh, I am going to try and add a perspective and try and add some thoughts that hopefully add to the conversation. Again, if I, I miss the mark. Uh, I, I apologize. I want to. I want to learn more. I want to be better. I want to be a better ally and do all that I can from the position and with the platform that I have. And I may not ever get all the way there, but I want to get just a little bit closer uh, with this episode. Um, 
personally, you know, I don't, you know, frankly, uh, if, I, if I help someone get a little bit closer, that's great. But personally, I want, I want to use this space to get a little bit closer to where I need to be to help, uh, to help uh, fight for equality and, and racial justice in this country. Um, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts that you're tuning in. Google Play, Spotify, and all phone places to download podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. Just like I'm having a podcast here, if you want to learn more specifically about what's going on in the Milwaukee community, in the Wisconsin community, as Milwaukee and, and the Magic's opponent in this playoff series, the Milwaukee Bucks are very much at the center of everything going on uh, in the NBA, uh, and it is their community that has been most affected by the, sh- the, the senseless shooting of Jacob Blake. Please check out Locked On Bucks. You can also check out Locked On Brewers and Locked On Packers because there's a Locked On podcast for every team in the NBA. We're going to talk about exactly what happened, what went down, um, and what I think it means moving forward. I'll share some of my personal experience as well um, as we're once again dealing with some very serious social issues. But I do have to mention that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. About 15 minutes before tip-off, the Orlando Magic usually take the floor. Um, it's pretty pretty much like clockwork. The teams take the floor about 15 minutes before tip-off for pregame warm-ups. It's, you know, as some people describe it, just, you know, uh, kind of rote preparation for the game. The, the real work's already been done. It's now just anticipation for the buzzer. Wednesday was supposed to be one of the biggest games, or the biggest game the Magic have played all season. Their season very much on the line. Not very much. It, it was on the line. Down 3-1 in their playoff series with the Milwaukee Bucks. They had everything on the line. It's a team that has fought and has looked very good in a playoff series where they are frankly a bit overmatched. And they, you could tell, very much believe this was going to a sixth game. That they were going to make it to Friday uh, and, and play another day. You could tell that they were ready for the fight. They were ready to do their part. But the Milwaukee Bucks were not on the floor with 15 minutes to go before tip-off. They were not on the floor with 10 minutes to go before tip-off. They were not on the floor with 5 minutes to go or when those clock said zero. The Milwaukee Bucks did not take the floor. They had decided in... The time that they had arrived at the Advent Health Arena on the on the NBA campus at the Walt, at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Disney, and the time before tip off that they were not going to play, they're going to sit out, they're going to strike in protest of the shooting death of Jake of I'm sorry, there's just so many names of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, just 40 minutes south of their community in Milwaukee. They had decided that this death had become too personal, that all the work the NBA was trying to do or that the NBA players were trying to do to raise awareness for social injustice, for police brutality, something that had affected the Milwaukee Bucks directly. Player Sterling Brown still has a pending lawsuit against the Milwaukee Police Department for their unfair treatment of him, their attack of him, for parking illegally in a, in a handicapped spot while he was running into a convenience store. 
If you don't know that story, read up. They decided that they were going to sit out and make a statement. Demand action. This team that was on the precipice of getting to the second round. Very likely we're going to win this game. I mean, Magic could put up a good fight, but you know, the Bucks are a very, very good team. They very well might have might still win the championship. But they're willing to put that all on the line to demand that the Milwaukee legislature that that or that the Wisconsin legislature do something about what happened to a man of their community or of their nearby community. The rest of the league soon followed. The Magic got word that the Bucks had decided to, to sit in during the game or to, to strike during the game. And Magic agreed. Stood with them. They went back to the locker room and awaited further instructions or awaited further guidance. But they too would not play the game. And according to several reports, if the NBA had deemed it a forfeit, the Magic would not have accepted it. The league scrambling to make things right, postpone the remaining games of the day. NBA players and staff inside the NBA campus had a big meeting on Wednesday night. And it seems at the very least Thursday's games will also be postponed. And perhaps the season canceled. That is the seriousness of what is going on here. But of course... The games are not what matters. Who cares about the games? Everyone who tweeted me in the, in the immediate aftermath that, oh, this means the Magic win. This means we get a game six. We can still advance. Who cares? Who cares? That is the last thing that matters. What matters is, is an American was shot in the back seven times in front of his children for no apparent reason. Yes, the police are coming up with their excuses. But the video is plain to see. He was not a threat. Their guns were drawn. They shouldn't even tase the man. They did that, and then they shot him seven times in the back. You're damn right that these players are angry. You're damn right that I'm angry. You're damn right that every American should be angry. It's been an impassioned and frustrating week for players inside the campus because they came to this campus. They came and resumed the season after everything that had happened in this country to George Floyd, to Breonna Taylor, thinking that our playing are putting Black Lives Matter on the court, are wearing the, the, the social justice messages, are continuing to say you know, their names, to, say, to, say, to bring awareness to these issues in press conference after press conference. Steve Clifford, for crying out loud, has been among the many coaches who have been reciting facts and, and deadly anniversaries from the calendar of racial injustice to make sure everyone understood just what this country's history is when it comes to black men and women, and to make sure everyone understood that stuff is still happening today. They wanted to use this campus. They wanted to use the resumption of the season. They wanted to come back and make sure 
this was all still on the forefront so that it would stop happening. And then it happened again in horrific fashion, in a horrific way. It happened again. What else is the league supposed to do? What else are these players supposed to do? Shut up and play? It took tremendous courage and leadership for the Milwaukee Bucks to do what they did. This was their community that got hit. And they can't be in their community right now because they're in the campus. They're in the bubble. They can't be on the streets leading the protests. Putting a famous face so that everyone is is aware because everyone is watching them. They can't be there. And so they led from inside the campus. Charles Barkley had that famous commercial, that famous Nike commercial, I believe, where he said, I am not a role model. At the time, and his, his notion there is correct. Athletes shouldn't be the role models for young black men. It should be doctors. It should be lawyers. And, and Barkley has continued to make this point. For, for black men in this country especially, the biggest exposure they have to success is athletes, is musicians. I am a white male of privilege or a white passing male of privilege because I'm, I'm Jewish. So I, you know, the racists don't consider me white. My first exposure to black, to black people, to black Americans and to black culture was through basketball. There weren't many black kids at my school. I went to a private high school that was founded because of segregation. It is not a history that, that the high school teaches and it, they damn sure should. I, I, I think it, that's, that's the, it's still the most disgusting thing. I, I love my high school education. I treasure my high school education. It is a great, I went to a fantastic school. They do not teach their own history effectively enough. And it's something that they need to change. But I, I have no illusions about what my upbringing was like and about the kind of privilege and, I don't know the right word, the kind of privilege that I had in how I grew up. And so, yes, basketball was honestly the only time that I visibly saw, you know, digested black culture and and interacted with this section of our society. I, I will fully admit, I grew up ignorant of all these problems. And frankly, even into high school and college, I was probably very ignorant of a lot of issues. I fully admit what happened in Ferguson probably opened my eyes up to more to what is what really is going on in this country than anything else. To the, to the athletes that I loved, I idolized in a lot of ways. So whether we want them to be or not, whether they should be or not, athletes are leaders. They are role models. They are who are front and center in these fights. When they speak, people listen. And what NBA players have done throughout this entire campus setting, really since LeBron James and the Miami Heat put on those hoodies to protest the death of Trayvon Martin, which, by the way, happened in our community here in Orlando. During All-Star Weekend in 2012, Trayvon Martin was gunned down 
by a community watch officer, not by police officer formally, but by a community watch officer because the community watch officer felt like he didn't belong in the neighborhood, that wearing a hoodie was suspicious. Guy only had a bag of Skittles. 17 years old. I don't care what his history was in school. I don't care that he was on suspension. No 17-year-old, no person deserves to be gunned down for simply walking down the street. Unfortunately, that is a reality for a large section of our society. That is a reality for NBA players, a lot of NBA players, as many more stories have come out over and over and over, sharing little microaggressions of racism that they still face. Again, remember, wasn't so long ago Tabo Cephalosha broke his leg when a police officer threw him to the ground while he was leaving a nightclub because he didn't look like he belonged. Six foot six guy, six foot seven guy with another six foot seven guy. Sterling Brown nearly lost his career because of what the Milwaukee police did to him. Athletes are not immune to what is going on in society. Athletes are not immune to what is happening in our world. And so they are going to lead on this cause. They're going to be the leaders in the change that this country needs to have. And they are frustrated and angry that change isn't happening quicker. It, it has been an emotional week. Weekend. Week. I don't know where we are anymore. It has been an emotional few days for a lot of players. This death has hit them hard. It's hit them hard because they felt like they were making a change. That, that their words would have the impact that they intended. And to see this happen again, they understood their words weren't enough. I don't know what happens next. I don't know if they will make a demand of the owners to contribute more, to do something more, to fight racial injustice, and whether the owners will go for it. I do not know if this is a simple pause to let everyone catch their breath, get the word out there, and then get back to playing, or if that this means the season is over and teams are going to go back home and create real change in their communities by doing the dirty work, by getting down uh, on the streets and doing it themselves. Because I'm sure they all will. I don't know what this means. But I do know that NBA players will lead this charge. No matter where it happens, no matter what they have to do, they will lead. And the question is, are you going to follow? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
I, I, I don't really know where to go so much with this the second segment. Um, I do feel like there is more to say. I do feel like there is something else to say um, and something else to discuss and, and add to this conversation. Um, and, and I feel it has to just be from my perspective. And again, that perspective is imperfect. That perspective comes from a place of privilege. Um, it is it is not fully informed. Um, I will admit to ignorance and a lot of issues. I will admit that I grew up in a very privileged background. I, again, like I said, I went to a high school that was essentially founded to fight integration. It, 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 that's that I, again. That's a part of my school high school's history that I wish they taught better and acknowledged. To be frankly, I don't. I don't think they acknowledge that that's what it was. We all knew it at a certain age when you start to learn about integration and and learn about the civil rights movement in a, in a real way and not just the Martin Luther King story. You come to understand that about our school. And I've talked to, you know, my cousins, my sisters all went there. We all talk, you know, we certainly talk about it and understand that. I did not have a lot of exposure to, to black classmates. And frankly, a lot of them were athletes when, 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 we did ha- when we did have them. My first exposure, again, to black culture, to black Americans, to black men, was through basketball. I never thought anything of it. I didn't, you know, I don't think I understood race at all. I probably still don't understand it in, in, in the intelligent way that I should. But these were the most visible people that would begin to expose me to this issue. Again, maybe I was, uh, certainly I think I was brought up in kind of a colorblind world. And that certainly painted my worldview for a very, very long time. I probably had, a, had an awakening to racial injustice in America during, during Ferguson. Uh, following, following that, again, there's such a long line of names just in the last five years, five, six years. And again, there's a long line of names of people that we don't know. And, and as I've explained to some of my elders who question some of this stuff and, and question a lot of things because, you know, they're, you know, Black Lives Matter apparently is a trigger word for a lot of people. And, you know, I grew up, I, I grew, I, I'm in a Jewish, I'm in a Jewish family and, you know, not to get too into the Black Lives Matter political movement. I support Black Lives Matter. Um, but certainly there is some whiffs of anti-Semitism in the Black Lives Matter. There's certainly an anti-Zionist approach, which, to Jews, to I think American Jews of a certain certain age, you know that that feels like anti-Semitism to them because for at least some American Jews, their Jewish identity is wrapped up in Israel. That's again, that's I can talk your head off about that and how much I disagree with that uh, on on another podcast. That's not for today. <laughs> um, but I've had to explain explain to them like, look, the only difference between what we're experiencing now and what black people have experienced in this country forever is now we all have cell phones to record all this stuff, to stream all this stuff. Philando Castile in Minneapolis and Minnesota, we would have never found out about that except he was recording the entire thing. We could see it in plain daylight, how he was murdered in front of his significant other and her children. 
We could see it. Without a shadow of a doubt, we could see the injustice. And so it's, it's, taken, it's taken white America a while to, to see what everyone has been, what black Americans have been saying since this country was founded. That's, that's the honest truth. I think during the, during, during the summer, during the hiatus, when a lot of this was starting to break, the biggest thing I urged people to do was whatever biases they think they have, whatever, whatever opinion they think they have about racial justice in, in America, the number one thing that you need to do first is just listen. Just listen to the stories, to the experiences, acknowledge that they exist and go from there. That's, that's the start of a conversation. These, these strikes, these sit-ins are not the end of the conversation. I got so many responses, you know, as the day went on saying, what is this going to do? This isn't going to change anything. People are going to stop talking about this in a while or, you know, this is going to turn fans off. And it's just like, dude, the fact that you're talking about this shows that it's working. The fact that we're having this discussion, that I'm taking time in a podcast, in raw form, to wrestle with my feelings and my thoughts about everything, as scatterbrained as they are. I, I don't think this podcast is going to be coherent. You could, I mean, you could certainly hear my anger in the previous segment. This podcast isn't going to be coherent. I'm bouncing around the walls. I, I don't know where to begin or where to start. And maybe I need help with that. Maybe I need someone to point me in a direction uh, uh, where I can learn more and, and I can help in a certain way. Maybe that's what I need. And if this can help me get there, that then great. If this can help you get there, if this can help anyone listening get there, great. That's what I want. I want to get to a place where we listen and acknowledge experiences and ask, okay, how do we fix this? How do we make it so you don't feel this way? You don't feel this anxiety. You don't feel this stress just walking down the street where you feel comfortable in your own home because Breonna Taylor was in her own home. You know, again, there's, there's so many names. There was the person in Dallas who the police officer broke into her house drunk and shot her in her own home and wasn't charged for it. How is that justice? Would that have happened to a white person? That's the question everyone always asks. And the history of this country continually tells us a white, if it were a white person, they would have been held accountable. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting that it's the same thing over and over and over again. What happened in Kenosha is the same thing that happened in Minnesota to Philando Castile. Not to mention, and I can't believe I'm, I took 30 minutes to mention this, as protesters protested and, and expressed their anger to their government, a redress of grievances, a 17-year-old white, white male with a shotgun or an AR-15 shot at and killed two protesters 
And the police let him walk away. I get why the players are angry, man. It's... It's not right. It's not what this country's supposed to be. I mean, it's... I'm never going to know that fear. I'm never going to know that bit. I mean, I've gotten... I don't want to compare too much. You know, but there's there's certainly hints of it. You know, I'm I'm a Jewish American. You know, I've been warned my entire life of anti-Semitism. You know, I I was too young to hear the stories my grandparents, you know, had to tell before before they passed. You know, survive, surviving their experience in, in in Hungary and in the camps. Yes, I, I'm. I know I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I am the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. It is it is my burden. It is my responsibility to make sure no one is ever oppressed like that again. And frankly, if that's our burden, we have failed it miserably. Because genocide still happens, oppression still happens. So believe believe me, this fight is very much my fight. I may not have to use this probably inappropriately. I don't have skin in the game here. Other than this is my country and my home and, and I, want, I, want the, I want to shape the world to be better. But I can hide. That's probably why the white supremacists hate us so much. It's because we can hide. We're not, we're not visible to them. They have to, they have to snooker us out, so to speak. But I've been afraid before. When I go to synagogue, there's always an armed guard. I've, I've never been to a synagogue in my life that didn't have an armed police officer there. And again, I know we're talking about police being the bad guys here, but... No, there's, there's, been, there's been quiet threats to my community too. But again, I can hide. I will say this, when, when Trump had his kickoff bash at the Amway Center and the Proud Boys were marching downtown in downtown Orlando near where I live, I was scared. Those, those guys want to kill me. Those guys want me dead. Again, I know my experience is not comparable to the experience of black Americans. I know that. I'm trying to relate in some way. I, you know, the private school I went to was not just founded on, you know, to, to fight integration in some way. It was a Christian school too. I, I was always on guard and I'm pretty sure I was one of the first, at least one of the first hundred Jews, if not one of the first 50 Jewish students to attend that school in its history. And so there was always a little bit of out, you know, I grew up in high school, in, in elementary school at least, very much an outsider or at least aware of my difference, of my otherness in some respect. 
it was never an issue. It was never a problem. You know, the, I, I felt like the school was surprisingly welcome. Sure, there were little things that I had to endure, like you know, they they did a service at the at the cross that they had on campus uh, before Easter. You know, the Lord's Prayer before every everything. But you know, certainly always aware that I was not of the things, some of the things the school was teaching, as as non-denominational as they tried to be. Again, I think I've deleted this segment at least twice and tried to restart it. It's a little rambling. I apologize. I'm trying to sort through my emotions too. But I get why. I get why the players are angry. I don't think I understood how angry I was about it until I said it out loud. And so if the players need to say this out loud and the players need to shout this and make this this big statement, this humongous statement, risk everything that they've worked for their entire lives to make the world a little bit better for their children, not only do I support it, I want, I want to be there with them. I... I don't know what I mean. I don't know what to say. I don't know if there's much more I can add to the conversation. So again, I'll I'll close with this. I'll close with this. The most important thing to start with. This is just a start. This is not a finish. This is a start. Is to listen and acknowledge experience. When someone tells you something is happening to them, when someone tells you. This is how they experience the world. Don't dismiss them for it. Don't try and explain it away. I've had to fight myself too on this. You know, it's it's the bias and the racial, you know, caste system that this this country has created is embedded in everything. And sometimes you just got to bite your tongue a little bit and say this is not how I experience the world but you might experience it differently and I've got to respect that. And sometimes you got to let people vent just like just like you let me vent today and I appreciate I appreciate you if you've made it this far letting me vent like this. I I, I do appreciate it and and if you need to vent you can contact me. I'm happy to I'm happy to listen. I'm always happy to listen. I'm always happy to to be to be whatever I need to be for people, to be honest. But the first step is listening and understanding. And like I said, these NBA players are leaders. You know, I've been watching the NBA my entire life. I'm 32 years old. I, I've probably been basketball conscious, or at least conscious of what's actually going on on the floor for 25 or so years. I don't think we've ever seen a group of players from top to bottom. You know, there's been leaders before like Mahmoud Abdurraouf and Craig Hodges. There have been leaders before. But I don't think we've seen a group of players throughout the entire league this in tune and this commanding of the power and influence that they have. And I think that is just absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait to follow them because... Good leaders also know when to follow. 
I can't wait to listen to them and follow them wherever they take us next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. I apologize if those last 15 minutes were a bit rambling. Um, I'm sorting through my emotions too, and, and I want to be as human as possible. Um, so I hope I hope that was human enough. Um, I hope that was um, hope that got you to think a little bit or to sort through your own feelings or you know hopefully it was good white noise at the very least and probably shouldn't have used that phrase but but there it is. Um, you can of course follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Feel free to message me there. You can message me of course at omagicdaily at gmail.com as well. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Once again, you, uh, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, although I don't think we'll be posting anything tomorrow unless there's breaking news, you can find us on Twitter at OmagicDaily or, of course, at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Again, I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode. I hope you've taken the time um, to reflect a little bit, um, to try and listen and understand what the players are, are saying and what they're getting at and why they're protesting. Um, and hopefully you're eagerly awaiting their next steps so that you can support them and stand with them uh, as they try to bring real change to our society for the better. And that's, that's you know, again, if you don't think racial injustice is a, is a cause worth stamping out or you know, fighting for racial justice is a cause worth fighting for. I don't know why you're watching the NBA. Like, let me be real. Let me be real with you there. If you don't understand what these players are fighting for, if you don't support these players and what they're fighting for, I don't know, I don't know how you're a fan of this league. Um, this is, these are the people that you're cheering for trying to make the world a better place. And I think we all agree that, I think we should all agree that racial justice is not a partisan issue. It is imperative to this country living up to its creed and to its uh, to what it hopes to stand for. Um, so, you know, as Doc Rivers said, Black Americans love this country so much, and the country just refuses to love them back. If you haven't seen the Doc Rivers video, go watch it now. Um, I think I posted it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, um, but he, you know, he's a hundred percent right, and it's 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 definitely long past time. It is well past time to make good on this country's promise that all men are created equal and all men are created equal. All men and women are created equal under the law. Um, Long past time for that to happen. So until next time, and maybe tomorrow, it may not be, uh, we'll see you all again. This has been Philip Ross and Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.